is the SBI Show. Hello, everybody. I'm Ivis Scalarsip, and it is Friday. TGIF coming to you from Doha in Qatar. Hot and sunny Doha. And now we are three days away from the opening of the FIFA World Cup. Actually, two days away from the opening of the World Cup, three days away from the U.S. men's national team kicking off their World Cup. And there's so much to get into, even though we just did an episode yesterday. A lot has happened in the last 24 hours. A lot of, uh, a lot of news, some good, some not great, uh, some interesting, some worrying. Uh, where do we begin? We could begin with Twitter. What is going on with Twitter? I know, right? What does that have to do with the World Cup? Not much. Although if Twitter goes away, it'd be a pretty bad time for, for Twitter to go away because then where are we going to talk about the World Cup? That's where everyone goes to talk about it, to chat about it. But as of right now, Twitter's still there. So hopefully, hopefully Elon Musk can figure it out and hopefully whoever still didn't quit can keep that ship afloat because we need it. We need Twitter. So I know everyone's kind of figuring out where, where did we go if there's no Twitter? I, I believe... Uh, there's a few different options. I mean, you have Instagram, you have Facebook for the for the older crowd, like like me and, and Tim Ream. Where <laughs> uh, else? We have uh, TikTok for the younger crowd. I don't know. I don't know where we go. Where do we go from here? If if, if not for Twitter, so I'm just going to keep my fingers crossed. Twitter will still be here, and at least until the, the the tournament's over, then we can figure it out. World Cup. Um, as far as actual soccer news, you have uh, the, at the, we're here. We're, we were here in Qatar, and obviously, for those of you who don't know, alcohol is not really much of a thing here. And now we're finding out that there's probably not going to be any alcohol at the World Cup, at, at the matches. Beer was supposed to be allowed, apparently may not be allowed now. I don't know how Budweiser feels about that, but apparently that's become a whole issue now in this last day or two. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen for the fans that had planned on drinking, but... Uh, it's just so much is going on here when it comes to Qatar and them hosting this tournament and things changing. As we all know, the, the, the start date changed just a few months ago. Opening match was moved. So hopefully there's not too many more changes because it's uh, it's all a little crazy how quickly things are are kind of turning around here. The U S men's national team did train on Thursday evening and apparently may or may not have scrimmaged according to them. Wasn't a scrimmage training exercise is the wording. My understanding is it could be called a scrimmage. Uh, who knows what happened? Who knows, you know, obviously it's behind closed doors, everything's secret. We don't know what happened, but a scrimmage may or may not have taken place on Thursday night. And I know, as you all know, there were other teams that are here, other teams that are participating in the World Cup that had friendlies, full-blown official matches and friendlies. Um, Those teams that are set to kick off their tournaments a little later and have a little more time now here in this window were able to organize actual friendlies. And it seems like the U.S. men had a training exercise with a local professional team here in Qatar. So, again, nobody knows what happened. Nobody knows what the what went into it and what they actually did but my understanding is that there may have been scrimmage like activities going on that's i guess that we can leave it at that so we haven't heard anything here on friday a day later as far as you know everyone's healthy everyone seems to, everything seems to be okay there's been no news on that front so hopefully knock on wood everything's okay everyone's okay um as far as other u.s men's national team related news emerging on friday Yunus musa was making some headlines in italy 
Gazeta dello Sport is reporting that Inter Milan is interested in making a move for the young U.S. national team midfielder. The 19-year-old currently at Valencia apparently is a target for Inter. The Nerazzurri, who obviously, you know, they have, they have some money to spend and, and they might be looking for some reinforcements in the, in the January window. And Valencia needs cash. They, they are broke. They're broke. They need, they need some money. So they have some young talent. They're looking to move. And Inter apparently is looking at a couple of players from Valencia. Yunus Musa being one of them. And we could potentially see a loan move for Musa, a loan to, to Inter and potentially, eventually, a $20 million, potentially $20 million transfer. So it'd be kind of a situation like Weston McKinney uh, went, went through and had when he went from Schalke to Juventus. Where it, it started out as a, mo- as a loan with an option to buy, and then more than likely the, the, the option gets triggered. So it's an interesting one because Yunus Musa, obviously, he's doing really well now getting to play in central midfield for Gennaro Gattuso and I'm sure Inter has had conversations with Gattuso about what, what he's done there. He's, he's looked really good playing in his natural center midfield position. He also has some ties to Italy. He lived in Italy a, a big part of his, his young, younger years. He was born in the U.S., but then I think he was, he was here for like a month, in the U.S. for a few months and then went to Italy, lived in Italy for like nine years. So he has some ties to Italy. Actually, he lived in northern Italy about 150 miles east of Milan. So it's interesting that, you know, he speaks Italian and it, it could be a really good transition for him. And obviously Inter is a great club. Round of 16 participant in the Champions League uh, and they were Serie A champions just two years ago. So that would be an interesting move. And, uh, you know, obviously I would not mind the continued exodus of Americans over to, to Serie A. As you know, I, I work at CBS Sports where we have the, the Serie A broadcast rights. And part of my routine and regular regular day these days is, is, is following Serie A and, and working on Serie A. So hopefully, you know what? The more Americans, the merrier. So Yunus Musa, Christian Pulisic, because we, you know, maybe Pulisic ends up at AC Milan or Juventus. He's been linked to, to multiple clubs, as we know. Would not be a bad thing to have more Americans in Serie A, an exciting league, a fun league to watch. And, and if you're Yunus Musa and you can make the move to Inter, that would be, that'd be a good one. That'd be a good move. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Obviously, the, in these days leading up to the World Cup, uh, we've had a chance to, to speak to, you know, quite a few players in the lead up to, to the opening match against Wales. And you've had a lot said uh, from, from multiple, multiple players over the, over the recent days. And I did find it interesting to hear Tim Weah talk about about this team and and you know i had a chance to ask him about about the this u.s team and as, as a young as young a team as it is uh it's a team that actually has a lot of experience younger players with with more experience than young americans would have had 20 even five years ago let alone 10 20 years ago and uh i thought tim way put it in a pretty good way of how he sees things now in terms of the whole idea of young players and, and whether or not young players can do well at a world cup there's a lot of talk about how this team doesn't have much World Cup experience. Yeah, just played in the before. Do you think too much is being made of that, or do you, do you see where people, where that's kind of a thing and why it's become such a sort of... I feel like right now, the way football is, age is just a number at this point. I mean, some of the best players in the world are, are not even 24 yet, so I mean... Uh, I feel like you know, individually we all have you know our own experiences and we're all bringing our own maturity to the team and I feel like you know Christian Christian's been playing for Christian's a, a Champions League winner 
Weston's playing at one of the best clubs. Tyler's getting the Premier League experience. I'm in France. I feel like when we all come together, we, we all bring our own level of maturity. And even though we're young, it's not... We're not young-minded. Like, it's not It's not a immature group at all. Um, it's a group of guys who, who know what they, who know what we want. We have our goals set. And we're all just hungry. Ready to, ready to get started. Now we'll transition away from the younger player side of things to the older players, the other end of the spectrum, and, and Mr. Uh, Tim Ream, who is the oldest uh, field player on this team, I believe is the oldest player, period, on this U.S. men's national team. And he spoke to the media on Thursday and, and, and basically let it be known that, you know what, it, 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 was, uh, it was a bit of a surprise for him to, to actually make his way back into the men's national team. And I know to some, some might think, well, hey, he's playing and playing well in the Premier League. Why would it be a surprise? But he obviously had not been with the men's national team for, for more than a year, but clearly his play at, at Fulham really just boosted his stock and, and his form turned the head of Greg Berhalter. You had some injuries as well along the way, Chris Richards uh, being out of the picture and obviously Miles Robinson with his injury earlier, uh, it kind of opened that door and Tim Ream took full advantage. And, uh, you know, it's great to see a player who's had the journey that he's had be rewarded with a, with a trip here to the World Cup. The last year, I've obviously followed followed closely. Um, you know, kept kept up to up to speed with with Anthony um, being being at Fulham and, and going away and coming back. And um, you know, just watching from afar as as a fan and and you know watching the guys do their thing and, and you know get through qualifying. Um, I didn't expect to be here um, to you know in in you know involved in a World Cup and. Um, you know, to, to get a phone call from, from Greg uh, to, you know, to invite me and, and officially, um, you know, put me, put me back in the squad is, you know, is, is great. Um, it's, it's something that, that obviously I, we all dream of as a kid to, to be here and, um, you know, to, to have that opportunity after, you know, the last year of, of being away is, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, a proud moment and a, and a special feeling. You don't ever ever give up hope. Um, you know, you, you never completely say you're you're out of the picture. Um, I mean, there there were conversations had before every uh, you know every every window um, from last last October onwards, um, and and so I knew that that you know there was you know a, maybe a possibility, but with not being not being involved, not being called in, you just you kind of you start to. Um, I mean, I've said this before. You, you kind of start to make peace and accept where things are are heading, um, and and then, you know, the the last couple of weeks, um, I, I'd probably say two weeks ago, I had a phone call with with Greg, and um, things kind of took a turn um, for for the better for for me personally, and um, you know, it was one of those that that obviously you're you're overjoyed with, and, and the excitement, and um, you know, it, it's again, it's a dream come true, so. You know, to, to get that phone call and, and have that conversation um, that, that I was very much still a part of um, or going to be a part of uh, of a World Cup was, yeah, it was pretty, pretty, um, pretty special. And actually, I had a chance to talk to Tim Reem on Friday and I interviewed him for her, what was hoping to be for an episode of SBI show. The audio did not come out the best, so I, I had to kind of put that on the back burner. I will have uh, an uh, article uh, a feature on him on SBI. Look out for that this weekend. 
Uh, he did have some very interesting things to say. I still may try to use that audio in the next episode of the SBI show. I got to figure it out because it's, it's, it's pretty rough. It's pretty rough. I don't know what happened. Uh, it's user error on my part. You know, I, I, I'm here remotely in Qatar and, and my audio setup uh, had, some, had some issues as, as I scrambled to get the inter- interview together. And I am able to listen to it and I will be able to write an article on it. But in terms of putting that audio into a podcast format, it's, it's going to be a little rough there. So I have to still, still figure that one out. But he did have some very, very interesting things to say and you're going to want to you're going to want to read about that uh, on sbisoccer.com they'll uh, look out for that this weekend it will be for subscribers so if you haven't subscribed yet make sure you subscribe to sbisoccer.com and yes feel free to splurge to the cap- on the captain level of uh, SBI soccer where we, you will have access to everything on the site and if you're if you're from whether you're from St. Louis or uh, whether you're a Fulham fan you're going to want to listen to to what he has to say um in this, in that interview, or you're going to want to read about it, and hopefully you'll get a chance to listen to it. Um, and uh, Reem was the Reem was the, the the focus of attention on Thursday with Tyler Adams calling him Grandpa. Tyler Tyler called him the Grandpa of the group, which uh, you got you know he, Tyler Adams, you got to love him. But uh, yeah, it was a, it was an it was a funny one. It was a funny moment. But but credit to Tyler, he did give Tim Reem his credit for what he brings to the squad. Tim's the the, the grandpa of the group. So uh, it's exciting to have him back. Obviously, his performances uh, with Fulham this season so far, uh, they speak for themselves. He's been absolutely amazing, uh, played very well against Leeds, and, and they got three points, and I was able to catch up with him after that game and uh, just talk to him about where he's at, where his head's at. Obviously, not getting called into last camp for him was, yeah, it was tough probably, um, but he's been working hard, and his performances, again, uh, earned him this this position right now. So, yeah, he's a, he's a crucial part to our team. I think uh, at times we've probably missed him uh, in this team. His leadership, his quality that he has, um, just having someone of that experience caliber uh, in the in and around the group. Uh, yeah, it's good to have him back. And Tyler, Tyler had some uh, other in- interesting things to say as well. He was asked about the captaincy, and as we sit here on Friday. Uh, just two, three days before the U.S.-Wales match, the opening match, we still do not know who the captain is for the U.S. men's national team. Will it be Tyler Adams? Will it be Christian Pulisic? Will it be Weston McKinney? Will it be Aaron Long? Will it be Walker Zimmerman? We don't know. And, uh, you know, for me, if you're asking me who I would bet on being the captain, I mean, that's it's so tough to say. It could be Zimmerman. It could be Tyler Adams. But I've I've been on record for years saying that I saw I see Tyler Adams as a future captain. Um, he was asked about that, about the captaincy. And uh, he had some pretty good comments, some interesting comments to make about it. So we, we don't we have no idea who, who the captain is going to be yet. Obviously, since Craig has taken over, um, it's been a shared responsibility amongst our leadership council, quote unquote. Um, and we have a bunch of guys that, that can wear that armband. Uh, we all lead in, in, in various ways. Um, of course, I've, I've worn it at times and feel very comfortable to, comfortable wearing it. Um, but I have total belief in, in my other teammates as well that if that's a decision that's made, that's a decision that's made. And it's been an interesting uh, year and past six months or three or four months for Tyler Adams when you think about what he's gone through in terms of helping lead the U.S. team to qualifying, through qualifying, staying healthy and being such a big part of that cycle. But then obviously he had his club situations at, at RB Leipzig and, and, and playing and not playing as consistently, but then parlaying into a move to the Premier League and Leeds United. And as we all know, players, so every 
most players want to go play in the Premier League, and, and but it's it doesn't always work out for every player. But for Tyler Adams, not only was he able to, to, to get that move to the Premier League, but he's been able to thrive there at Leeds United. He's really become a fan favorite already, uh, playing very well for Jesse Marsh uh, in their reunion. Obviously, they're reunited once again. Uh, his first uh, manager, his first coach at the New York Red Bulls, and then they were together at uh, at, R- at RB Leipzig initially, and now here they are again at Leeds United. And Tyler Adams, uh, you know, he, when you watch him in the Premier League, I, I'm not surprised. I, I know maybe there's some people who are surprised at, he, at how well he's playing in the Premier League, but I was never surprised in a bit. I always saw him being able to do well in that league, the top, you know, you can argue it's the best league in the world. He's thriving. Uh, and, and it was just very interesting to, to hear his insight into what that experience has been like for him now that he is playing in the Premier League. A lot of players around the world want to play in the Premier League. That a, lot, a lot of players talk about that being kind of the goal. When you had that opportunity to present itself, uh, what went through your mind with having that opportunity to do it? And now that you're playing in it and have experienced it, uh, what's it been like? What, what makes it different? What, what, what did you learn that you maybe didn't know before? Yeah, growing up, all I watched is is the Premier League. I think a lot of young Americans would probably say the same, although now, obviously, with having so many Americans in the Bundesliga, you're, you're watching various leagues. But for me, it was always it was always the Premier League. And yeah, when that opportunity came afloat, uh, especially at the end of last season, um, I was I was ready to leave and, and, and have a new opportunity, a new journey, uh, write a new chapter in my book. And um, yeah, when, when Leeds came calling, um, you know, I, I knew a lot about the club through the documentary and, and obviously what the, what the history held, but um, I didn't completely understand the, the gratitude of, of, of how big the club is uh, and the fans and the culture and everything about it is just a completely different level. So uh, for me, coming into to the Premier League is, is, is a lot. Obviously, I want to show my ability on the field, but um, the passion and, and what it means to the fans is crazy. So uh, you know, playing in that league, the pace of the game is, is completely, completely different. Um, when people talked about how competitive it was, uh, one through 20 uh, of the teams, I would have said, yeah, of course. But of course, when the top teams play the lower teams, uh, you're always going to get a result. And, you know, I found out rather quickly that you can get a result on, on any week or any game day. So um, the competition one through 20 is probably the biggest surprise to me that when you play, play these teams, the amount of quality that they have is very high. And we'll have more in the coming days on the men's national team. We'll be previewing that U.S.-Wales match. Uh, I'll have one more episode on Saturday. And then Sunday, you want to look out for the the formal preview episode uh, where we'll dig into potential starting lineups. Uh, I already put out the, my, my projected starting lineup and my uh, – the the lineup that I would suggest uh, Greg Berhalter use uh, you can you can find that on sbisoccer.com um, but we'll dig into that a bit more on Sunday's episode so you, you're going to want to look out for that let's catch up on a little bit other some other news on the Americans abroad front uh, Paxton Aronson younger brother of Brendan Aronson is completing his move to Eintracht Frankfurt and uh, that move becomes official in January but that's uh, that long rumored move will now go through and he will become the next young American to make the move over to Europe. Obviously he didn't play a ton this year for Philadelphia union, but we, we all saw what he was able to do with the under twenties and qualifying. He has that talent. You know, he's obviously the younger brother, Brendan Aronson. And you wonder that those are big shoes to fill. And that's a, it's a big shadow to kind of play under, but he is, he has shown all the qualities to, to be that kind of player that can also thrive in Europe, just like his brother, is thriving at Leeds United. And I really want to see what he does. Obviously, the Bundesliga is a league that, that, that young Americans have gone to and played well in. And, and Eintracht Frankfurt's definitely a team that 
they've had success in recent years. And, you know, Timmy Chandler's still there. He's still kicking around. He's on the roster there. He's, he's kind of, a, I feel like almost like he's a glorified coach as much as he does get games here and there. But I want to see what Aronson can do in the second half of that season. Can he step in there and actually get some minutes? Because it's one thing to sign. It's one thing to be, to be brought in. And it's another to break through with the first team and actually get on the field. So, I mean, it could take a little time. So anyone thinking he's going to just step right in and get on the field for Eintracht Frankfurt, that's a little ambitious. But he has that kind of talent that, it's, that hopefully for him, it won't be long before he's on the field doing his thing and joining his brother in thriving in Europe. In other news, in MLS, another big storyline in MLS, a big headline this week was New York City FC announcing their new stadium project. It's happening. Finally, folks, NYCFC is getting a stadium in Queens. Uh, we're going to have to wait a few years. Uh, I think it was 2027, I believe. But still, it's just great to hear that they will. there, there will be a stadium. A stadium is on the way. It's in Queens. Uh, I know some people are like, oh, why couldn't they do put it in, in Manhattan or whatever? It's like, look, come on, good luck building anything in Manhattan. That, that, that was never going to happen. Just get a stadium in the five boroughs. It's in a good spot where, that, where the stadium will be built in Queens, and uh, that's great to hear for NYCFC. Obviously, the whole situation with Yankee Stadium has been an uncomfortable one for them for a, good, for a, a while now. Since day one, it's been an uncomfortable situation. This tiny field that they've had to play on, but now... They will have their own stadium. Yes, they'll have to wait a few more years, but at least there is a the, a finish line in sight and a chance to finally see that team have its own home, much like the New York Red Bulls have Red Bull Arena. And now you won't have NYCMC having to do the the basically the Airbnb bouncing around the different stadiums when they have to find, when they have to play a game and Yankee Stadium is not available. So that's great. Congrats to NYCFC and their fans that they will have a home in a few years. And I'm sure my guys, the, the, the Cooligans, uh, big NYCFC fans are be pretty happy to, to have a place to call home for them as well. So, uh, congrats to them. And, uh, I'm, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to another stadium being built in the, uh, New York tri-state area. And last side notes, it, it, a world cup slash MLS news item. Tiago Almada has been called up by the Argentina national team as an injury replacement adding to the list, the long list of, of MLS players uh, here at the World Cup, coming to the World Cup. And now you have a player who could, have, who could end up being a World Cup winner if, if Argentina can, can go on their run. And obviously it's always unfortunate when, when you have injuries and, and Joaquin Correa and, and Nicolas Gonzalez both injured for, for Argentina and, and both had to be replaced. And Almada, who's obviously coming off an outstanding season with uh, Atlanta United to see him rewarded is uh, is great to see and you, i don't know if you've seen the videos you're gonna want to check out the social media videos of him and his family celebrating and, and you see what it means for him and that and that that's just you love seeing that absolutely and it's great for mls when you think about it right a player a, a young talented prospect like almada who can come to mls thrive in mls and and still be at and be at a level still to be considered to play for argentina i mean it just shows you uh, how much MLS has grown and how much the, the, the profile of the league has grown and the respect level, how much higher it is now. And when you look at that list of MLS players now that are playing in this World Cup, no, it's not just the U.S., it's not just Canada. You have players on a variety of different teams at this World Cup. And, uh, you know, hats off to MLS for the continued growth. And uh, I, I'm very interested, interested to see how this MLS contingent does here in Qatar in the coming weeks. And uh, that's definitely a storyline to watch. 
And I think that wraps it up for this episode. Again, as, as I said in, in the previous episode, we are going to keep these episodes pretty condensed, like 30 minutes to 40 minutes right around that wheelhouse. Uh, if I can salvage the audio for the, from my Tim Ream interview, it will be part of the next episode. Uh, but I will definitely have uh, an article on SBI Soccer on Saturday with the full interview. So you're going to definitely want to read that. Uh, he definitely had some spicy things to say. So uh, keep an eye out for that as well. And uh, we'll be back on Saturday with another episode. Uh, we'll touch on a few more things, lineups, injury updates, the health of Weston McKinney and Serginio Dest, see how far along they're coming. And uh, yes, we will have more on this U.S. squad as we get closer to that match against Wales on Monday. That's all for now from here in Doha, Qatar. I'm Ivan Skolarsep. This is the SBI Show.